Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday, October 5th, 2019. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And uh, here we are, a couple weeks into impeachment land. Mm-hmm. And I guess you... Is it a couple weeks? Well, yeah. I mean, last week it was semi-official after Pelosi announced it. And, yeah. and the week before, we were talking about how the Ukraine stuff had just broken. Okay. And it was a couple of days after that. So, we're yeah, two weeks or so. It's it's only been two weeks. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know if that's right. I don't think it's been it, two weeks. It is. It has. All right. It's been a little over two weeks. Okay. It's been over two weeks since the Ukraine stuff broke. And then it's been 10 or 11 days since... Pelosi said, yeah, okay, fine. Well, I guess we'll impeach. Um, that's it. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's been a lifetime, but it, it really hasn't. So um, I've been getting good feedback from our listeners lately. I know. Uh, which is great. Um, apparently, yeah. You know, we always think like, are we just talking into the void? Are we getting too <laughs> inside baseball? And they're like, no, we we really need a digest of everything that's going on because again, a lot of our listeners listen to us for synopsis of everything that's going on. They don't they're not glued to Twitter and MSNBC. They have these things called lives. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I guess we just eat, sleep and breathe politics, even though we work and are doing everything. Well, we're else. super appreciative of you guys. Is the is the thing and uh, yes. Yeah, we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate you guys listening. And so we will <laughs> we will do the heavy lifting here and try to surmise what's going on as far as impeachment stuff. We do have other stuff to talk about as well. But okay, so you had brought up the text messages yeah. between Volker and the ambassador to the EU, who's just some rich Trump donor that, that Trump appointed. He had no diplomatic experience whatsoever. He had no government experience whatsoever. And I'm forgetting the guy's name now. I'm going to look up the important. thing that the Washington Post did that yeah. just like put them all together um, because it's super interesting and helpful and also like, what the fuck? Well, where we left it off last week, you know, we gave you the basics of what Trump was seemingly in trouble for. This was a, a, a call with the president of Ukraine, where he basically presented a quid pro quo saying this military assistance that has been promised to you, you will only get if you help me investigate my political opponent, Joe Biden and his son to make it look like they did something corrupt in Ukraine, which again, I still don't understand why anybody would care about that here in the age of Trump, but that's what they're doing. Well, it's against the law. Um, so the, yes. the players here are from the Ukraine, Andrei Yermak, which is an aide to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, mm-hmm. Rudy Giuliani, Kurt Volker, who <laughs> is the former U.S. Special Envoy to Ukraine. Yes, he, former. he, he quit. Uh, was it this week? I think. Um, yeah, I think he quit like on Monday so he could spill the beans on everything. Uh, Gordon Sondland, who's That's the U.S. The ambassador to the European Union. That's the guy. And so- Bill we sh- Taylor, the yeah. charge d'affaires at the U.S. embassy in Ukraine. Oh, we're still using that term. That's that's very French. Um, <laughs> well, it is literally in French. <laughs> I know. I know. But it seems so fancy. So Anyway, this guy Sondler I want to talk about a little because he's the perfect encapsulation of the Trump era. This is a guy with no government experience, with no diplomatic experience. He's just a rich guy who donated a lot to Trump, and Trump gave him an ambassadorship. Yeah. And so he's not, you know, he doesn't necessarily care or know very much about how the law works or to uphold it or to uphold the Constitution. 
So he, I can see why Trump would pick a guy like that. Go do my illegal bidding, idiot. And, and right. he did. Right. So I'm going to read the text messages and give context because I think it's interesting and important that we understand what happened. Trump's not involved in any of these text messages. Um, no, he but just it's very clear that um, they're talking to him and or his like aides and, 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 and going back and forth. So first one is from Kurt Volker. Again, Volker is the um, former U.S. special envoy for Ukraine. Yes, he resigned this week. He is introducing Giuliani to Yermak. I let me remind everybody again: Rudy Giuliani has no official role in government whatsoever. No, he's just Trump's friend. Right. He well, he purports to be Trump's lawyer, but when questioned about that this week, he said that um, he admitted that there is no like engagement letter. Like they're not officially engaged in an attorney-client situation that is provable. So, now why, which is would, even more dangerous because yeah, then now nothing is privileged. privileged. Yeah. Why so, would he say that just to protect himself, I guess? Because I don't know. Because he's an idiot? Why didn't they engage? Anyway. So this guy, Kurt Volker, says, Mr. Mayor, referring to Giuliani, really enjoyed breakfast this morning. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. <laughs> As discussed, connecting you here with Andre Yermak, who is very close to President Zelensky. I suggest we schedule a call together on Monday, maybe 10 or 11 a.m. Washington time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then we go to, this is all July 19th, 2019. Yeah, not long ago. Um, Kurt Volker to Gordon Sondland. Uh, can we do a three, can we three do a call tomorrow, say noon Washington? A three-way. Yes. Gordon Sondland, looks like POTUS call tomorrow. I spike directly to Zelensky and give him a full briefing. He's got it. And now, sure. remember, this is all in preparation for the call in question that the whistleblower right. called right. out. So basically when he's like, I gave him a full briefing, he's got it, means I called him or talked to him and told him what the content of the conversation with the president was going to be, which was that we're going to give you this money if you do this investigation. Right. They're, 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 setting, they're setting this up. They're saying, look, this is, this is how it's going to go. So you're prepared. So in case you were like, oh, Trump's just so off the cuff and like he just doesn't know what he's saying. He didn't realize he broke the law. He didn't, it was just <laughs> no. like, he's just a, a all raging maniac that just like says shit. This is not, ha- that's not how this goes. Yeah. These are people, this is a plan. This was a planned thing. And these are the people that are planning it. Kurt Volker says, good. Had breakfast with Rudy this morning, teeing up the call with your mech Monday. Must have helped. Must have helped. Interesting. Most important is for Zelensky to say that he will help investigation and address any specific personnel issues if there are any. <laughs> These texts are the earliest known example of the participants suggesting Zelensky will need to promise Trump something um, in order to get something. So mm-hmm. then we have Bill Taylor. This is the this guy is the interesting guy for me throughout this whole thing because. I think he's yeah. the first one who realizes. Everyone's like, like, what an idiot is he? And I'm like, I don't think he's an idiot. I think no. he realized pretty early on that this was a quid pro quo situation and against the law and starts calling it out in text messages, which we're going to see in just a second. Well, a lot of people realized it sort of after the fact, remember? Because it went into the deep vault that nobody can see. And yeah. the DOJ tried to scrub it. And a bunch of people tried to you know bury it so no one would hear about it. Like, a lot of people knew this was But this guy's directly involved in the planning of this thing. And right. you can tell from from his tone in the beginning like he's he's like this is not a good idea so he's like gordon one thing kurt and i talked about yesterday was sasha danielux i don't know point that president Zelensky is sensitive about ukraine being taken seriously not merely as an instrument in washington domestic re-election politics <laughs> too bad like that he's saying this in a text message being like yo yeah Zelensky doesn't want to go along with your bullshit is what he's saying gordon sondland 
Absolutely. But we need to get the conversation started and the relationship built irrespective of the pretext. I'm worried about <laughs> okay. the alternative. Okay. So we're admitting that this is a pretext. Which pretext is like a lawyer word of saying a right. lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then this is July 22nd. Kurt Volker orchestrated a great phone call with Rudy and Yermak. They're going to get together when Rudy goes to Madrid in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, Rudy is advocating for phone call. I have calls into Fiona's replacement if, and will call Bolton if needed, but I can tell Bolton and you can tell Mick that Rudy agrees on a call if that helps. Mm-hmm. Gordon Sondland. I talked to Tim Morrison, Fiona's replacement. He's pushing, but feel free as well. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, Volker and Yermak discussed the call before and after July 25th. Kurt Volker. Good lunch. Thanks. Heard from White House. Assuming President Z, Zelensky, right, mm-hmm. convinces Trump he will investigate, quote, quote, get to the bottom of what happened in 2016, we will nail down visit for Washington. Good Let, luck. Let's back up another See second. Tomorrow. Okay. The whole reason this is happening is because Trump has been on the 4chans, I guess, uh, where there's this conspiracy theory that... There was no Russian interference to help Trump. It was actually Ukrainian interference to help Clinton somehow. <clears throat> right. And so, so what he wants them and, to do and is somehow it involves, that, and, and somehow then, it involves Joe Biden, too, which doesn't make any sense at all. Right. And then um, also Joe Biden, the investigation into the Bidens. Right. Okay. And when you really get into the right wing fever swamps, it involves Clinton. It involves Obama. It involves like it's just everybody you don't like is somehow now involved in Ukraine. And also the the email server, Hillary's email server somehow ended up in the Ukraine. <laughs> like it's just all of a sudden it's all in the Ukraine. And right. that is what this is all. It's really that crazy. Right, that's but, what it, this the, is all but about. really that's sort of unimportant just because the. The quid pro quo has more to do with investigate Joe Biden. And sure, his son. sure, but it explains in a broader sense why Trump is now obsessed with Ukraine. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Andre Yermak says phone call went well. President Trump, because what the quid pro quo at this point is is investigate they want Biden. well, and in exchange for that, they want a date to come to Washington for the president to meet with the president of Ukraine. That's what they want. They want yeah. that validation. And yes. so that's what they're negotiating right now. Right. So Andre Yermek says, phone call went well. President Trump proposed to choose any convenient dates. President Zelensky chose 2021-22 September for the White House visit. Thank you again for your help. Please remind Mr. Mayor to share the Madrid's dates. Kurt Volker, thanks. Great. Will do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then Gordon Sondland says, Morrison ready to get dates as soon as Yermek confirms. Kurt Volker, excellent. How did you sway him? Smiley face emoji. <laughs> Gordon Sondland. No kissy face? Not sure I did. I think POTUS really wants the deliverable. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Kurt Volker, but does he know that? Gordon Sondland, yep. Clearly lots of convos going on. Kurt Volker, okay. Then that's good. It's coming from two separate sources. Gordon oh, Sondland, oh, to, be, to avoid misunderstandings, might be helpful to ask Andre for a draft statement embargoed so we can see exactly what they propose to cover. Even though Z does a live presser, they can still summarize in a brief statement. Thoughts? Kurt Volker, agree. Here, Volker and Sondland plot out a potential statement Ukraine might make in addition to a live press conference for Zelensky they've apparently been led to believe would make an announcement. He refers to a deliverable, apparently a reference to the end result of Ukraine announcing the investigations, I'm and sorry, suggests I'm sorry, Trump is anxious to get it. Isn't, isn't, doesn't it strike you as like the bizarro West Wing? We're like, they're all... Okay, there's so many things about this. Like, why are you texting this? Do you, have you heard of Signal? Like, well, they, legitimately, they also, the, the state, fuck are you doing? The State Department did. The State Department was using WhatsApp. 
that just kind like, of just the signal story. disappearing messages. What are you doing? I swear to God. Okay, because well, like yeah. I, that's against the law, but like this is way more against the law than that. Well, I don't mean the 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 method of communication. I just mean more like everybody is sort of rallying around and figure and like working together to figure out how to break the law. Yes. And make it sound very official. Yes. So Kurt Volker to Giuliani. Hi, Mr. Mayor. Had a good chat with your mech last night. He was pleased with your phone call. Mentioned Z making a statement. Like, do they think that if they say Z instead of Zelensky, that's like code? Is that what they're doing with calling him Z? Like, we no, know who you're I, fucking I think talking about. I think they're just do, using shorthand like we do in text messages to each other. Maybe. Um, can we all get on the phone to make sure I advise Z correctly as to what he should be saying? Want to make sure we get this done right? <laughs> Thanks. Gordon Sondland. Good idea, clerk. I'm on Pacific time. Rudy Giuliani. Yes. Can you call now going to fundraiser at 1230? Okay. Andre Yermak, the Ukrainian guy. Hi, Kurt. Please let me know when you can talk. I think it's possible to make this declaration and to mention all these things, which we discussed yesterday, but it will be logic to do after we receive a confirmation of date. We inform about date of visit and about our expectations and our guarantees for future visit. Let's discuss it. Kurt Volker, okay, it's late for you. Why don't we talk in the morning? Your time tomorrow, say 10 a.m., 5 p.m.? I agree with your approach. Let's iron out our statement and use that to get date, and then the president can go forward with it. Earmack, okay. Kurt Volker, great. Gordon is available to join as well. Earmack, excellent. Once we have a date, we'll call for a press briefing announcing upcoming visit and outlining vision for the reboot of U.S.-Ukraine relationship, including, among other things, Burisma and election meddling in investigations. Burisma um, is a reference to the Joe Biden son investigation. Yeah, Hunter Biden sits on the board of of this company Burisma. called Burisma. Yeah. Okay, Kurt Volker sounds great. Kurt Volker, special attention should be paid to the problem of interference in the political processes of the United States, especially with the alleged involvement of some Ukrainian politicians. I want to declare that this is unacceptable. We intend to initiate and complete a transparent and unbiased investigation of all available facts and episodes, including those involving Burisma and the 2016 U.S. elections. See, I told you. Which will in turn prevent the recurrence of this problem in the future. Perfect. Let's send to Andre after our call. So that's his little, like, this is his, like, here's what I think the guy should say, right? Yeah. I mean, I, this is what I told you. It's all connected. Right. Trump has decided that somehow... <clears throat> Ukraine somehow tried to interfere on behalf of Hillary Clinton in 2016. And right. also Joe Biden's son is somehow involved, but he hasn't been on the board of that company since 2016. So I, I, and like, how would an oil gas conglomerate be involved in the election meddling? It doesn't, it's just like, it really is yeah. like a crazy well, person. Well, and you can understand a, why the Ukraine is like, or why Ukraine is like, mm, I mean, I don't know. We, we, we want to definitely like get our face in front of the president on TV. And also like you're going to give us our money. Right. But like they don't want to do this. Which no, is why they, this, they're this, playing along. This guy is like, I mean, OK. Unlike the Republican Party in this country, people like Zelensky and people like Xi in China know like, no, Trump's not going to be around forever. And, and we can't burn all the bridges with the other major party and everybody else in the United States. You know, we can't right. we can't. <laughs> But we also need this money. We also need this money. So they're trying to walk this line of humoring him and, you know, maybe they'll they'll do a little bit of this and that. Well, and this, when we get more into this, like, they're definitely kind of going to play ball. Um, but sort of? I, well, let's just finish. Gordon Sondland, do we still want Z to give us an unequivocal draft with 2016 and Burisma, right? <laughs> God. Kurt Volker, that's the message so far. I'm hoping we can put something out there that causes him to respond with that. 
Gordon Sondland, unless you think otherwise, I will return Andre's call tomorrow and suggest they send us a clean draft. Andre Yermak, need to talk with you. And then he posts a link to a story from Politico, Trump, Ukraine, military aid, Russia. Kurt Volker, hi, Andre, absolutely, when is good for you. This is a link to a political story about the Trump administration deciding to withhold $250 million in military aid to Ukraine. Wow. Reporting has suggested Ukraine might not have known it was being withheld, though Yermak doesn't specifically indicate that, but this is the first time they're finding out about it. <laughs> Through Politico. Okay, That's Bill so Taylor, tough. trip canceled. Kurt Volker, hope V. POTUS keeps the B-lot and tees up White House visit. And hope Gordon and Perry still going. Gordon, I'm going. Pompeo. That's Rick Perry, by the way. Ah, I'm going. Pompeo is speaking to POTUS today to see if he can go. Rick Perry's neck deep in this. The B-lot refers to Vice President Pence's visit to Poland, where he would meet with Zelensky. Mm, yep. September he's... 1st. <laughs> They're all Bill involved. Taylor. Are we now saying that security assistance and White House meetings are conditioned on investigations? There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. This is the one. Read that again. So it gives people stop paying attention. Bill Taylor, are we now saying that security assistance and White House meeting are conditioned on investigations? Gordon Sondland, call me. (laughs) So the Sondland guy finally figures out, like, maybe this shouldn't be on text. Right. Get this. Gordon Sondland, guys, multiple conversations with Z POTUS. Let's talk. Bill Taylor, now's fine with me. Kurt Volker, try again. Could not hear. Because life. Bill Taylor, (laughs) Gordon and I just spoke. I can brief you if you and Gordon don't connect. Bill Taylor, the nightmare is that they give the interview and don't get the security assistance. The Russians love it, and I quit. Okay, read that again. I want to. The nightmare is that that is they give the interview and don't get the security assistance. The Russians love it, and I quit. So what he's saying is the nightmare for the Ukrainians is. They do this interview, they say all the things they're supposed to say, and and we still still withhold the $250 million. The Russians love it, and Bill Taylor. Well, the Russians love all of this anyway. Right. Like, why why would that have been a concern that, like... What they're saying is there's lots of conversations going on with Zelensky and POTUS, let's talk, and he's saying... Bill Taylor is saying, look, the, the nightmare scenario for the Ukraine, I, I the reason that, that they're not going to do this is because they do the thing we asked them to do. And the president is such a fucking nightmare asshole or so connected to the Russians that he makes them do this whole thing, oh. puts the puts the onus on Ukraine for what happened in 2016. And then, and then and we still say, like, fuck them. They did this. So we're not going to give them this money. And, and but they've already announced that they're going to investigate their own people for something that didn't happen. This Zelensky guy is so much smarter than everybody involved. Yes. And he and remember, Zelensky is is a comedian who played a guy on a TV show who played the president who's going to fight corruption and then ran as the president to fight corruption and got elected. Hold on. So this is really important. Bill Taylor, the message to the Ukrainians and the Russians we send with the decision on security assistance is key. With the hold, we have already shaken their faith in us. Thus, my nightmare scenario. Counting on you to be right about this interview, Gordon. What he's saying there is <laughs> we. The, what they're all saying is we can't trust our boss, right? He's a nut we job. cannot. We can't. We've we've already said we we're going to withhold this. We didn't tell them. They found out from fucking Politico. We're asking them for all these favors just for a White House visit. But now it's clear. We want them to do these investigations. Yeah. For. Not just a visit, but also we might withhold $250 million from them. Which, again, is to it because they are still occupied by the Russians. Right. So, well, 
Crimea is. Ukraine is not. But so Gordon well, Sondland Crimea's comes back and says, Bill, well, not anymore. And they're now they're now they're trying to push into eastern Ukraine. Bill, I never said I was right. I said we are where we are and believe we have the best path forward. Let's hope it works. <laughs> Bill Taylor, as I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Well, who's saying that? Bill Taylor. Taylor. This is the guy that. I'm saying. Like yep. he is covering his fucking ass in this place. Like everyone's like, "What an idiot to say that out loud!" And I'm like, "I don't think he's the idiot in this situation." No, he's the only one. That he's has the only the one that's like, "I'm I'm saying this is a bad idea. I'm saying we should not do this. I'm saying it's bad." Gordon Sondland comes back. Bill. Realizing what is happening. Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been crystal clear that no quid pro quo of any kind. The president <laughs> okay. is trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is truly going to adopt the transparency and reforms that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. Right. I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. If you still have concerns, I recommend you give Lisa Kenny or S a call to discuss them directly. Uh, who Thanks. said that? Gordon Sondland. Okay, so so, all right, the mastermind of this whole the mastermind. So Sondland, and and this is and that's the end of the text. This is the defense they're using now, right? Yes, is that no, 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 no. There's no quid pro quo. This is all about President Trump cares deeply about corruption in Ukraine, whatever the fuck that means. Right, right, like and finding out what happened in in the 2016 election with foreign interference, taking the pressure off of Russia and putting it on Ukraine. But what they're saying is, no, no, no. It's just that Ukraine needs to deal with its own corruption and needs to deal with what it did to us. And 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 if if they don't do that, I'm going to withhold this money that was allocated and agreed upon by Congress to you know fight Russian incursion. And if you read between the lines there. They're all basically saying, like, we know the president is beholden to Putin. So yes. this whole thing might be for nothing. Anyway. Right. So, like, we might get the Ukrainians to do this. But then if he still decides to withhold the money, even though he's agreed that he'll give the money if they do it, mm-hmm. that's a nightmare scenario for us. And because at least I guess that somebody means the Russians a, love it yes. and, and the Ukrainians hate us. And we've already, like, shaken their faith in us. And so... And at least I guess these people have somewhat of a conscience about that. Like, or it's just purely, like, politically terrible, right? If... If we say we're going to do this and then we don't, like, it looks really bad. It looks like the president is as beholden to Putin as we know him to be. Now, let's pretend there was never... I just want to play a little um, semantics game. Let's... let's Hypothetical thought experiment. Let's pretend, like, the whistleblower complaint never saw the light of day, which the Department of Justice tried to make happen. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it was just announced that the Ukrainian president has said that... The old government interfered in the 2016 election on behalf of Hillary Clinton and also were investigating Joe Biden's son somehow. Like, I don't know what that would look like other than people would kind of scoff. Like, I like what was the actual plan? How did they think this was going to work? Did, did, did like do they think the New York Times would just run with it and try to blow it up into a huge well, scandal? Well, I think the, the strategy Biden? here. I think the strategy here is really clear. It's two things. One, it's trying to validate Trump's presidency, and the way that they do that is by saying, "We are not going to make these accusations. We're going to make the president of the Ukraine come out and say the country of Ukraine and my administration is investigating." The fact that my country and my my countrymen 
attempted to meddle in the 2016 elections on behalf of Hillary Clinton. We're investigating that claim. That way it doesn't yeah. come from the White House. It comes from another country. Sure. From but a foreign I, government that's saying we may have done a thing. We're going to investigate it. But Which I think then it's President Trump can come out and say, oh, my God, see, it wasn't Russia. It was the <laughs> Ukraine. And it was on behalf of Hillary Clinton and not behalf of me. And right. he can do this whole song and dance bullshit. Right. Yes. But I think it's worse than that. I think it's under direct orders from Putin to, to cloud it enough to confuse people enough to take everybody's eye off the ball enough so that Russia can come in and interfere again in 2020. Very possibly. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think Russia loves the idea of the Ukraine saying, well, maybe it was us. We're going to investigate. And it's coming from the president of that country. Secondarily, they can also be like, also, we've uncovered some corruption from somebody named Biden. <laughs> mm, we aren't sure, but we're going to investigate. Right. So yeah. the fact that, the wheelings and dealings about this is not the president saying it. It's not Trump saying it, right? right? It's not the White House saying it. It's the president of another country saying we did something that would really like that would be a big thing. Well, we would be like, whoa, what? Ukraine is saying that they fucked with the election on behalf of Hillary Clinton. What a thing to say. <laughs> right. Wouldn't that be a thing to say if we didn't know about all of this? It would be a thing to say, but you still have all the United States intelligence agencies very clearly agreeing that muddies the water. Yeah, I guess it does a little bit. And everybody certainly reports on it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they do. But when was Zelensky? A foreign government is admitting that they may have meddled in the 2016 election on behalf of Hillary Clinton. (laughs) That's a fucking story. You sure? Regardless of it's, it's a story true. for a day, but then you start so. to dig into it and go, okay, where's the evidence? Well, they're doing an investigation. It takes time. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Fair. But here's my next question. Cause this all happened in late July. When was Zelensky supposed to announce all this, make this big announcement? Um, <clears throat> post. So September 21st, 22nd, 20th, 21st or 22nd was when the white house visit was supposed to be. But and that, but that, that, that time, was off anyway. We we just read in the text messages that the visit was off. Right. So, but that was the original plan. The okay. So the <laughs> this is an audacious plan. I gotta gotta say yeah. that the plan was for Zelensky and Trump to, to stand to stand there at podiums, and then Zelensky for Zelensky to say to do an interview with what I what I gather from this is the interview, meaning that while Zelensky's in the states meeting with the president or post meeting with the president, would go on some you know, national news interview with whoever, 60 Minutes or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And have an interview. And in that interview announced that his government was going to investigate their own meddling in our 2016 election. And also something, something Hunter Biden. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, why didn't that happen? They said, fuck no. They, they canceled the trip. They were right. just like, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. Like, we're not doing this. For, and and we, we can't know all the reasons why, but I would say, <laughs> first of all, Zelensky probably looked at the whole thing and said, this is not going to work. Also, what? No. Secondly. We're not admitting that we did something that is absolutely untrue like and also makes us look really bad yeah. on a global scale um and secondly it'll lead to all kinds we don't of questions know. we'll never be able to answer and we don't even know that in the end they're gonna give us the money anyway so like yeah and and there's no evidence of any of this to the, So then we investigated and we say no there was no evidence of that so then why would you investigate we don't know the president right. told us to or we didn't get 250 million dollars like it's not it's not good for Ukraine. Well, in, in any way, remember, nice. all politics is local. And he's this Zelensky guy certainly didn't be elected president on the platform of being a Russian pawn. 
Right. The <laughs> so, opposite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so this was, it was a, it was an audacious plan, but it wasn't a very smart plan. Well, and I think that's very much descriptive of plans coming out of this administration. And Rudy. Yeah. Because this all may have been Rudy's it's All Rudy. So then we get to, we get to the, the phone call, right? Where the whistleblower comes in. So President Trump has a phone call with Zelensky. Yep. And this was on the 21st of July, I think. No, no, this would be September. Um, no, no, no. The phone call, no, the phone call with Zelensky was way back in July. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that's this does, is all around Well, the no, same no, no. Time. That doesn't make any sense with the timeline from those texts. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he, on the phone call with the president of Poland, or Poland, <laughs> Ukraine, says basically, um, I need you to talk to Rudy Mm -hmm. and I need you to do this investigation. And if you do that, then like money's yours in not so many words, but basically that's what he says. Right. Yeah. Whistleblower hears about this from people who were listening to the phone call and is like, the fuck is happening? And files a complaint, goes through the proper channels, tries to get everything, tries to get squashed. And now we have all of this information. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring is, in the Adam Schiff angle, which has got the the conservatives all in a tizzy, um, just real quick, because you've probably heard about this. If you know your uncle who watches Fox News probably sent you eight thousand emails about something, something Adam Schiff orchestrated all of this. Well, what happened was the whistleblower came forward. He tried to go through the, uh, I think the CIA uh, whistleblower channels, and the DI and the DOJ squashed it basically, or tried to squash it. Then he went to Congress. He went to the Intelligence Committee, which is chaired by Adam Schiff. Mm-hmm. And he and he said he's, he, he didn't give him specifics, but he basically said, look, I've got this whistleblower complaint having to do with the president and foreign influence and whatever. And Schiff said, OK, you got to go through the pro- proper whistleblower channels. Yeah. And, you know, but use this form and call this number and go, go, go do it. Go through the IG first. When uh, New York Times decided to break that news and frame it in a way because <laughs> they're the fucking New York Times. Decided to frame that in a way to make it controversial sounding, like like Schiff was somehow orchestrated it, right? Mm-hmm. And then so the right wingers have been running with that. Um, and the and then the IG yesterday said, "No, I didn't know that the guy f- first talked to Schiff about it." Which, of course, it's completely irrelevant. It's it has nothing. He still to do went with through anything. the exact proper channels. He's yeah. just trying to figure out who the fuck to talk to. Yeah, and Schiff and Schiff, Schiff was like, "I can't person, do anything to do with this until you go through the proper channels." And the right. dude went through the proper channels. Right, so exactly. The guy. It's it's the equivalent of. I think New York Times is already real. It's a, it's a male because they're trying to uh, dox them. They are, which is just they're just the loveliest paper <laughs> of record, right? Right, but. Um, Basically, it would be like this, right? Let, let me let me pre- present you just just to get your uncle Fox News watching uncle off your back. If you're listening, I'm sure you have one, or your dad, or whoever. Um, it would be like this. Imagine that you work at this company and you run into the CEO at like some function, and the CEO corners you in a hallway and gropes you. And you go, whoa, okay. No, I you need to overhear that. the CEO. Or you overhear. Did you overhear the CEO um, insider trading? No. Okay. Sure. Right? Insider trading with like his cousin about 
some big deal that's happening and telling his cousin to buy a bunch of stock or drop a bunch of stock in the company, right? Sure. And yeah. then you find out like, oh God, that happened. Like, and you and you yeah, and you go to your manager, your direct manager. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you have to, here is the whistleblower form and here's who you have to call and these are the proper channels to do it. Mm -hmm. And then when that comes out, the CEO says, oh, you went to your manager who's always had it in for me and plotted this together. Like, no, no, no. I literally did what I thought. I went to the person who I thought would be able to handle this. They told me how to handle it. So I handled it. Right. Yes. So that is a non-starter, but they're still going to scream about, they're still screaming about it um who cares at this point like i'm not going to get too into the republican right-wing defense of all this because it changes so much right no it doesn't make any sense and there's no just, point they're hung up on the procedure of it and they're hung up on the whistleblower something something secondhand hearsay and that is all completely irrelevant because the president keeps admitting to all of it right so then the president i mean i do want to talk about how he's attempting to and it may be effective um in some ways, gaslight us about this. So mm-hmm. he goes on TV before there's like an airplane in the background or a helicopter rather. And he's like, yeah, I absolutely asked the Ukraine to investigate um, the Bidens and to investigate 2016. And like, I also think China should do it. <laughs> and I did that yeah. and I don't feel bad about it. Like, it's just what I did. And it's this really interesting way of saying, look, I... Yeah, I fucking hit my wife in the face. Right. I did. But like, you know, like, I don't understand. I don't think you understand, like, the things around it. And like, there was nothing wrong with what I did. And that's what I do. And like, this sort of bald face sort of like, you know, come out in the open and just say it out loud because that it, it normalizes it in this way. Like, if he's saying it out loud to the press, is it illegal? He wouldn't just admit to something that's illegal out loud to the press, right? It puts this question in people's minds of like, if he's willing to say it out loud to the press, then there must be some kind of thing about it that isn't illegal. We must be misunderstanding the legality of it if he's willing to say it out loud. Kegel and Greg talked about this. Yeah. And like, that is really devious and really smart and really um, an interesting way to. So I think, I don't know that it's effective from a legal framework, but I think it's effective from a Public public discourse. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, right? If you don't know much about the law and you look at that, you're like, okay, if he's saying out loud to the media and to the entire world, of course I did this and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And what are you talking well, about? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't it help makes people. His... It makes people go, wow, is it, it, it maybe it isn't illegal. I mean, we are just asking them to investigate a crime, right? It doesn't help and it's his, like, okay. his allies in Congress who have been trying to say, well, hearsay secondhand. Right, right. Whenever they yell hearsay secondhand, the implication is that well, this person really doesn't know, and maybe it didn't happen. Right. So, right. Every time you yell hearsay, or exactly, then you're saying this person's unreliable, or we don't actually know what happened. So, probably it didn't happen. Because look, if it did happen, that would be against the law. So, if, we're saying we can't know that it happened because this person wasn't there. If you're on trial for, let's say, murder, and the prosecution brings in a witness. That was like, I, I overheard somebody say that somebody killed somebody and the defense says, well, that's hearsay. Um, right. And, and then it's the, not admissible. The defendant jumps up and says, well, no, I shot him. You still can't go back to. Yeah, but that, you know. But this they, witness <laughs> is hearsay. Like the judge will <laughs> that be doesn't like, make sense, correct. Know? That witness is hearsay and that's not admissible. But the defendant just just said that he did it. So that that is true that that witness is now like under the rules of evidence. 
not that testimony doesn't matter. But that's in a court. However, as far as whistleblower rules, hearsay right. doesn't matter. The, because the, this is not a court of law. Right. What this is, is what the difference is, is in a court, you have rules of evidence about how and when you can bring things in for testimony, right? Mm-hmm. This is whether or not you can initiate an investigation. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's saying, hey, seven people told me this happened. Do you want to investigate whether or not it happened? Right. Of course you can investigate it. That's like if I go to the cops and I'm like, hey, um, you know, I think my neighbor is molesting his kid. Did you see it happen? No, but well, I heard my kid told me that this kid said it was happening. Well, knowing cops, they might. The, not, but know. like that is plenty of probable cause to initiate an investigation. Of to course. go talk to the fucking kid and go talk to the the parent and say right. like fuck's going on here right that doesn't mean you get to arrest the parent without an investigation it just means that an investigation can absolutely ensue right. because your kid told you that their friend was getting molested well that's right? another thing republicans in congress are doing oh we're rushing to convict and there's no uh we're literally doing an investigation yeah right now. yeah we're, we're talking figuring about out what an, happened an impeachment inquiry which is exactly you know the due process that the constitution calls for uh, but again, they're throwing everything at the wall, just seeing what sticks, trying to muddy the water and gaslight and just, you know, just throw it all out there. There's no one unifying defense out there because, well, the president is not allowing them to do so because he keeps opening his mouth. Right. Rudy keeps opening his mouth. Right. And these people are all going to get hauled up on the Rudy, hill. Rudy, who and... may or may not be the president's lawyer, but then it was just like, not really, I'm not, but I guess I am. And uh, you're like, I don't know what that means. You either are or are not someone's lawyer. Uh, again. <laughs> you know? Rudy Giuliani is so neck deep in this. Remember, he has no official. He is not working for the government in any official or semi-official capacity. You can bring on anybody you want, and presidents have done this throughout history and call them a special advisor. Yes, you just you get them that title, and that entitles them to all kinds of access. Yes, um, but he didn't even bother to do that with Rudy. So Rudy's just some guy. Well, and it's baffling to me that um, does he have a security clearance that. That there's no privilege here. Like, why would you not oh, they'll try do to claim that. it anyway? Because well, that at least sends it to to a court. If you say the word privilege, then somebody has to look at it, right? Not if you say that's not my client. That's how it should work. If you say if he literally was like, yeah, we're not like actually like he's not my actual like engaged client, then that literally means we have the same privilege you and I sitting here that Rudy Giuliani and the president do. I'm not your lawyer. You're not mine. Giuliani's not Trump's lawyer. I mean, (laughs) right. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you're in the process of helping to commission a crime as an attorney, then there is no privilege anyway, which clearly Giuliani was given the text messages. Yeah. There wouldn't be privilege anyway, but at least there would be some added layer for some of the text messages maybe. But this is just the start. We found out, of course, yesterday Trump said, Oh, I forgot how it came to light that he also, I think he admitted that he asked Xi, President Xi of China, to look into Biden's for some reason. Yeah, he was, that's what he was saying to the press. And I was like, wait, why is China investigating now? Like, when is, what is that? <laughs> yeah, nobody, know, nobody even knows, understands what that's all about. So, again, I don't know. he read it on 4chan somewhere or QAnon boards or right. something. China is also. Who fucking knows? <laughs> who fucking knows? I don't know. But anyway. Uh, there's a second whistleblower who says they have even more detail uh, about the call with Ukraine and the whole business with Ukraine. Uh, and they haven't officially come forward as a whistleblower yet, but if they're kind of teasing it out there that they're going to, I think they're How going to. How are they to. teasing it out there? To whom and why do we know this? They're leaking it to the press. Okay. 
and several it's confirmed by three or four different press outlets like yeah there's a second whistleblower out there they're thinking about coming forward and they have all this detail in ukraine and i don't think i don't think somebody would tease that without coming forward i think they're getting all their legal dots in a row to well i don't think that i would hope that major you know media outlets wouldn't report it if they didn't think it was credible Oh no, sure. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. I would I would hope. Yeah. But it was I mean you never know this. No, it was one of those things where somebody broke it and then it was like we at NBC can confirm that there's potentially a second whistleblower. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll see what comes with that. I, I think there's gonna be a second official whistleblower. And there is another whistleblower case that is seems to be on the verge of breaking out about Trump interfering with the IRS in his tax audit. Yes. I saw that as well, which is getting That's buried. That's going to be interesting. But that'll be interesting. Before we go, speaking of whistleblowers, Chelsea Manning is still in jail. Yeah. I'd just like to point that out. Um, I'd like to talk about that she has been in jail for more than six months. Um, not because she committed a crime. Not because um, she's been convicted of anything or charged with anything. Nope. Chelsea Manning. She's just refusing to cooperate. Sits, lo- sits locked up by the state because she refuses to testify in a grand jury, testify about things which she has already testified about that are already on the record, testify about things that she was not involved in and was in fact in prison during the time of. Um, well, well, now, now we kind of have a better idea of why, right? Locked up for six months. So Let, if, let's, let's back up a second, right? Because we learned this week that Bill Barr has been flying all over the world, like Carmen Sandiego, trying to dig up... Uh, evidence that Russia really was not behind 2016 election meddling that was all these other people. And I think trying to regrill Chelsea Manning. Chelsea Manning was in jail in 2016. I I know, I know. But Chelsea Manning also worked with um, Julian Assange. Yeah, but she was in jail during the 2016 election cycle. That's she didn't have access to a computer. She didn't have access to the internet to talk to Julian Assange, to election medal. To have any knowledge of anything that happened during the 2016 election cycle is absolutely just a lie. That It's just, it's not possible. It's not true. And the reason she's in prison is because they fucking hate her. And... They're pissed off that Obama pardoned her and mm. they want her to testify before the grand jury so that they can force her to um, out people in the hacking community and to betray the people that she knows and works with. Like it's it's totally bullshit. It, that's not the reason she's in jail, but it's, uh, it's, the, it's the, yeah. the pretext right, I, I for why she's in I jail. I think there's an Assange connection to why they're trying to of course they're not going to get they know they're not going to get anything out of out of her no i know they want her to testify because they want to force her to tell them things that have no relevance to what she actually did right but that could potentially um force her to out people within the sort of hacking but remember this this all happened as soon as bill barr was confirmed it was one of the first things he did was go after chelsea manning again right He's a piece of shit. State sucks. Chelsea Manning's in jail, and she shouldn't be. And I would encourage you, please, to uh, donate to her legal defense fund um, and keep spreading the word. Um, keep, you know, putting it out on social media because I think people forget and they don't understand why she's being uh, locked up. Right. And they don't remember what happened. So if we can just keep talking about it and keep spreading the word and... If you can, I'd really appreciate it if you would donate to her legal defense fund. Um, they're working diligently to try to 
get her out of prison using the humbles motion, which we've talked about, Mm -hmm. because it is illegal for the state to lock someone up for resisting a grand jury. Um, As a punitive measure, it is only to be used as a coercive measure. And Chelsea Manning has been incredibly clear that there is nothing that the state can do to coerce her to cooperate with this grand jury. It's very obviously punitive. Yeah. So it's punitive, very obviously, and it's illegal. And her defense team is working diligently. Why doesn't somebody in the DOJ come forward and blow the whistle on that? That Trump said, I, I hate Chelsea Manning and I hate that Obama commuted mm-hmm. her sentence, put her, throw her back Figure in jail. out a way to put her back in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody, somebody in the DOJ, some career person, why don't you go ahead and blow the whistle on that? How about that? Let's, let's talk about that. Because it's absolute fucking horseshit that she's still in jail. And you absolutely know that Trump said that. Of course. Hell, it's probably in writing somewhere. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit maybe more about this stuff. I also have to talk about the case that's going before the Supreme Court. Nobody's really talking about that, the abortion case. Yep. And we're going to see this is the, the big moment of truth whether Kavanaugh is going to deliver the goods for these people. Yep. We'll, do, we'll discuss that. We'll get outraged in a minute. See you yep. in a minute. talk about that article in the wall street journal <laughs> yeah what was it called i don't have uh, my phone on me. i just had it up it was that i worry about the future of love and romance of love and romance because, because women are smart because <laughs> more women than men have college degrees oh right, here we go uh wall street journal op-ed suggests gender gap in education spells trouble for the future of love Women with college degrees outnumber men by a significant margin. This means trouble for the future of love and relationships, writes Gerard Baker. <laughs> you read this article. I did read it. All right. I did. I did read it. Uh, I would suggest you not read it, anyone listening. Um, <laughs> okay. It is just the most garbage drivel, reductionist bullshit thing. It's such so like... This dude is he tries so hard to not say the thing he's saying while saying it. Yeah. He's trying to say hey ladies stop getting college degrees cuz you intimidate men and it's the whole like 1950s or really forever thing about like 
smart women intimidate men. And so you'll never get a good husband. though. You'll never get a good husband if you have a degree. But he's, he he couches it in this very like like oh it's fine that you're doing this. I, I have but... daughters and they're going to college and I just worry. <laughs> I just worry for their future. My daughters who are going to college, I feel very sorry for his daughters uh, because when looking at science, and by science I mean he talked to some dude who owns a dating site who did like <laughs> a survey of women. Um, oh, man. Science suggests that it's not that it's not that women shouldn't be smart. It's that just that men, you know, they they're just gonna have a hard time because women are much pickier than men, and you know, women are much choosier, and and you know, men don't care who you are. <laughs> men don't care if you have a brain or not. You know, so like they don't care if you have a college degree. They'll fuck anybody. But women, though, women really need men to be like oh, educated and smart and have a degree. And this Gini index that he cites about how there's like all this inequity because women, uh, when they choose a mate, are at like 0.65 on the Gini scale and men are only at 0.37 because you know men, they just think with their dicks. And women, <laughs> though, they really care. And so it's very upsetting because we're, we're coming to the point where women are going to have 60% of the college degrees and then what will we do? Because then women will only have to choose from 40% of the population. The whole thing is just like, So stop. he's very worried that... Now, it just so happens that Trump's lone holdout majority base is non-college educated white men. <laughs> just, just saying, just mention in passing. And I, the real fear here is that, oh no, what if that group doesn't procreate as much? Right. But couched in this concern for women. It's all about concern for women, right? right. We're very concerned for women because what if they can't find love what if they can't find a suitable husband? Because that is really the goal of all women is to find a suitable husband. And if they can't find a suitable husband because these men just aren't getting degrees. Maybe they'll just marry other women. <laughs> I mean, I would recommend it highly. Um, <laughs> I would recommend just like not not dating men anymore. Uh, you so have the classic. option. Well, it's um, kind of blowing up on Twitter. But go on because I didn't read the article. So I'm learning all this from you. Yeah, no, it's amazing. And like he really is trying to be like, but think about the women. Think about the women. It's just really, it's tragic that they won't be able to find love because they're taking up all of the college spots. And it's like, I don't think that we're taking up all of the college spots. I think that we're just graduating from college. And I love this notion that like educated people tend to want to date more educated people. And so, so, (laughs) so, you know, what, what will happen? And it's like, well, what happened when women weren't allowed to go to college? Right. Right. Like, it's just such a. It's such a nonsensical farce, this idea that like women should stop going to college because what they're really saying is, is that we don't want a more educated (laughs) population of women than men. When there are more women who are qualified for STEM and government and to practice law and to run corporations. It's destabilizing to the patriarchy. Yes. Yes. But we're going to couch it in this like poor women won't be able to find a man to marry. But I have daughters, so I'm not sexist. I'm really just worried for my daughter. That's what I am. I'm worried for my daughter who's going off for her liberal education. He literally said that at one point. Like, they're, they're right, liberal she's education. Right, she's not going to Liberty University. Right. So she's going to get a, quote, liberal education. Right. Okay. I mean, why do girls even need to go to school anyway? Their job is to just have babies. Yeah. And, and, and be, you know, of service those, to those men. Those business so, and finance oof. majors, you know, right. they just get this really super liberal education. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
All those engineers just going to be lonely cat ladies because the men just are having their opportunities stolen. Uh, Does it really make that argument that like we are taking the opportunities for men? And no, it doesn't call for affirmative action for 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 men. No, it doesn't. He doesn't do that. He's just he's just really calling like an alarm. Just we just just be really like careful and really think about like the fact that like look i'm just trying to start just, a conversation yeah i'm just trying to start a conversation don't stifle I'm the just, marketplace of ideas i'm just playing devil's advocate here <laughs> what if there's too many smart women maybe that what if they can't find love then what then what then what what are they then, all going to be lesbians what, they're all going to be like have a college degree and be self-sufficient and not need a man then what i mean what would the world be yeah right yeah. What would the world be, Rachel? What would the world be? You could probably find out on a few episodes of Star Trek. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have it figured out. <laughs> Although, do they ever have a female captain? Yes. Right. A Voyager. Great. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. What's next? What is next? Uh, I, I think that's a decent enough segue if we're going to stay in sort of modern culture and pop culture to talk about the Joker movie, even mm. though we haven't seen it and we're Don't not going it. to see it. No. I think we should talk about the reaction it's getting yeah. and how people are, are sort of reacting to it. Now, can I just first say like, this is like what the fifth Joker in 10 or 15 years. Like mm-hmm. I've, I'm enough. Like I don't need 10 Spider-Mans. I don't need 10 Hulks. I don't need well, these 10 are Jokers. not movies for you. Baby. They're not. They're not. These are like, movies for people who like comic books. The last quote comic book movie I liked was Tim Burton's Batman. And that was not really a comic book movie. In I any, do love that movie. In any sense of the word other than, or I liked Blade too. Okay. So there's the two last two. <laughs> I like some old. comic book movies for sure. I, I like the Watchmen. I thought it was really good. I didn't like that. That was a um, graphic novel, though. Um, I've liked some comic book movies for sure. Um, this yeah. one, though, is a is a unique animal. From well, what let, I let's understand. let's let's talk about first the director. Oh my god! So this is the dude. I forget his name. Todd something. something. Uh, he, he did made, like, the, the, the Hangover movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which the Hangover movies, everybody's like crazy about. I just thought they were mildly. Is anyone o- crazy about them? Entertaining. Oh yeah, I know a lot of people oh that God. think they're the funniest thing ever. Nope. I thought they're pretty lowbrow. Couple laughs. You know, if I'm bored, I'll watch some of it, and you know, didn't really care about it. It's just like bros being awful. It's yeah, just literally it's literally like watching a bunch of white like, dudes be awful, which I already have enough of that in my daily life. It's so a I'm lot good. of it's a lot of fart and dick humor and oh I just got kicked in the balls, isn't that funny? And oh am I hungover, right? That's like what it is. Some funny people are in those movies, so it's you know, you can get a few chuckles out of it and then just move on. Anyway. It's not meant for me. It's fine. No, it's not even really meant for me. <laughs> but in any event, so this guy Decided to get out of, quote, comedy, what he called comedy. Oh, yes. And, and why did he decide to do why that? Why did Rachel? he decide to do that? Is because this um, woke cancel culture makes it so that comedy is impossible. Okay. What, like are people to, trying to cancel the Hangover movies? Can we when did I miss that? Ask Phoebe Waller Gates about that for a minute. Well, hold on a second. I, I don't even <laughs> understand this. Like, nobody's trying to cancel the stupid Hangover movies. Like, they're kind of sexist in, Dude, in, he in is, the way everything the, else is, but they're not over the he's top. He's telling on himself, is all he's doing. Right. Did he pitch he's some scripts that were, like, so horribly sexist that even the studio he is heads saying, were like, no? I am incapable of like, making humor that doesn't punch down. <laughs> Right. That doesn't, you know, um, hurt marginalized people. That doesn't uh, 
completely ignore everyone that isn't a white dude. Well, that's my And question. I'm afraid. What he's saying, he's telling it himself, I'm yeah. afraid well, of making comedy because my brand of comedy has become irrelevant because people don't like it anymore and that makes my man feelings hurt. And so I think all comedy is dead because my brand of comedy is not relevant so anymore. So I think what happened was after the Hangover movies, he's like, oh, I have to give it, get even edgier, right? Mm-hmm. have to really up it. And what, like, even like Harvey Weinstein was like, oh no, that's too sexist. I can't, I can't. I mean, we can't make this right. movie. I like, don't know. I, I don't know. Like, obviously he is telling on himself. You're yeah. right. Because again, I don't remember a big cancel push for the stupid hangover movies. No, what he's saying is literally he has an inability to see any comedy that's not his own brand of comedy as funny. Therefore, all comedy is dead because his version of comedy is not relevant. Again, we talked about this last week. Remember with George Carlin and how he talked about right. how punching down is really lazy and shitty. And yeah. Not good. Right. So, like, I'm sorry that you can't make culturally relevant comedy, but I'm looking at a lot of women who are really fucking funny and have just won a bunch of awards for being really fucking funny and making really great content. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if that hurts your, like, white man feelings, but it doesn't mean comedy's dead. It just means maybe you're not relevant anymore. Right. And when you talk about something like Fleabag... Yeah, it, it was. It's not puritanical. It's full of of sex and scatological humor and all the same stuff. Right. It's just funnier. It's, it's just it's funnier. It's done better. It's done it's better. More clever. Yes, it's clever. There's it sex punch jokes down. and boob jokes and fart jokes and poop jokes and everything else that is in you know. It, it, but it does it without like punching down on women and gay people and immigrants right. and everything else. Right. You know, and centers people. Who are not normally centered, right? Yes. The show is based on a bunch of women. And then like a kind of weird priest guy, right? Yeah. Like, and that's interesting. And it's funny. And she's and it, it's fucking brilliant. It's self-deprecating. Yes, It's very all much the so. things, all the basic. It's all the things comedy. he wishes he could do. He's just not as good at it as she is. Exactly. Exactly. They're so just better at I'm it. I'm glad you brought, you brought her up. Anyway, back to the Joker movie. So the Joker movie... So this is the director guy. This is what he said. I'm yeah. doing serious stuff now because I can't do comedy anymore because of cancel culture. Yeah, comedy's okay. dead. Red flag number one. Okay. Number two, apparently, and I've read several reviews of, of the movie <clears throat> as of you, mm-hmm. um, the incel community has really glommed onto this yes. movie. Now, from what I've read, it, it, it does not explicitly, you know, carry that torch, but... It, it's sort of they've read into it in a way yeah. where they yeah identify the Joker is basically like they they're like oh the Joker's an incel like he's this sort of failed comedian which is an, another really interesting thing is that like the reason he becomes this ego or evil like psychopath who wants to murder everybody is because he's a failed comedian sort of which kind of yeah. goes back to like hmm. <laughs> guy doesn't do comedy anymore because he's can't do it. Is right, like, right. oh, maybe there's a little bit of self reflection there. Right. So he's like this failed stand up comedian with like a lousy job and like can't get girls and it's kind of awkward and, and like lives mother. with his weird mom yeah. and like all these things that that the incels are sort of like see this is why I want to go on a murderous rampage right. and there was even disturbingly some um, verifiable threats of um, more theater shootings and yes. bombings yes. Um, for the, the... And cities have had a set yeah. of undercover cops. And, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really upsetting. I, I have no um, interest in watching. I certainly am not going to see it in the theater. Um, but I... Uh, just given what I've heard and seen and read about it, 
it's not something I'm interested in. And yeah. then especially when I'm on Twitter and like there are women who are like, I went into the Joker not understanding. Like I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's a great actor. And yeah, I like went is. in with like, didn't know what to think. Like the Batman movie from the eighties. And it was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And the <laughs> backlash from the man's, of those posts of women saying I didn't like the Joker, like just saying I didn't like the Joker, is like. Well, now they're taking that, that as you, a personal attack. I on hope them. that you get raped, and it's like, wow, okay, that's an interesting take. I didn't like this movie. I hope that you die and get raped because it's the best movie ever, and you suck, and I hope you die. Well, let's analyze. And you're that. like, okay, let's analyze oh. that, right? They're taking that as a personal attack on them because now they have identified with this movie, and right. they said, "This is me." pay attention oh well it's, I didn't connect with it I don't like it oh how dare you right this is another personal attack on me and yes. it's making me want to be violent yes and my violence is justified as you can see from this movie because the Joker is the sort of the main character right, right. and he leads this underground uprising of the Clowns. looked over people right who, I mean like again haven't seen the movie not probably going to see it anytime soon. I might watch it when it comes on Netflix, but like, yeah, it, it is interesting that th- those folks have glommed onto it. And I'm not going to say, I think Todd Phillips is the guy's name. I think that's right. I'm not going to say he did this on purpose, but it's real interesting that he did something that connects with those people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that like, revolutionary acts are not something that you should maybe do, but like you don't get to like go hurt people in the city because you're sad about not being funny um, or like not getting a girlfriend. Right. Those are not causes that are something that like is <laughs> good. And again, right. Like that's not a, yeah. that's not, that's, there's and, nothing and good again, about this. From, it's just like stupid, selfish, um, self-serving narcissistic sort of violence is I, what this movie is. And, and again, I want to just preface in reading the the reviews, like his arch nemesis is some rich banker guy. Like, uh, like I can get behind, I can get behind that. But also it, it, it should be noted that like these minor plot points are these things that the incels can identify with the failed right. comedy, the, he hallucinates relationship that doesn't really exist. Cause he can't really have a relationship with a woman Something you right, know, and I heard a lot of people say like the movie tries to do a lot of things, like it it has goals mm-hmm. in theme of like the banker being the bad guy and stuff that right. it never pulls through on. Right. The the really like through line and the theme of it is really just like feel bad for this white man yeah. and not like the I, other other themes that are trying that could yeah. have been there if someone I, more competent and, had made the film and sympathize with. Right. You know, him turning violent. I mean, because I think that there's something to be said for people who society casts away, for people who, uh, for the capitalist system and working in a 40-hour-week job that mm-hmm. is, like, it's just very dehumanizing. There's a lot of things that could have been done with this film that if maybe in more capable hands would have been done, but instead it comes across as just like this. Right. Um, That's what the Deadspin feel reviewer Feel sorry says. for exactly. this white man instead yeah. of, like, what are the reasons that people feel cast away and what are we doing as a society to promote that? And how does that come about? And like, there are, there are good themes that could have been talked about, but that it just doesn't land at all. Well, whatever. We're not going to see it. So no, not in the theater. (laughs) At least I'm not giving it my money. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Let's talk about Supreme court. Oh yeah. I do want to talk about this. So 
I've never hated in my life anything more than I told you so than mm-hmm. what we're about to go through in the Supreme Court, which mm-hmm. is the Supreme Court has already ruled on um, this abortion law out of Louisiana, which is what, 12 week? 22 week? I don't, I don't remember the, the specifics. Super restrictive but abortion But it's another law. major restrictive abortion law. They've already ruled on this and they overturned it. They said that it was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And now that the makeup of the court has changed and there is no longer a Kennedy, um, and now there is a Gorsuch and a Kavanaugh. They tweaked it slightly? They are revisiting the case. Yeah, and they're, they're, I think they're reintroducing one of the trap laws. Yep. With uh, doctors needing hospital admitting yep. privileges, yes, and the the uh, the um, week limit is also in there. Yeah. So this is that time when we talk about how elections have consequences. Yeah. And you know, I have absolutely no faith at all that when this thing because they've already accepted it, the court's already going to hear it, so that's done. Um, that when it comes down to a decision that uh, that they're going to do the right thing. Well, let's talk they're about... They're going to uphold it, period. I mean, that's just... It's 5-4. I don't, I don't know that that's true. It, because we're... we're they're ba- hold on. Hold on. Well, Politics-wise. But why would they accept the case? They've already ruled on this. So the only reason that you're going to accept a case that you've already ruled on in the last five years is if you're saying out loud, we're ready to overturn our own precedent. Why the, there's nothing new about this. There's nothing interesting about it. There's nothing new. This is the court saying we're ready to relook at our own law and overturn our own precedent. And does Kavanaugh want to drop that bomb on his own party a year before an election? Think about that for a second. Hold yes. on. <laughs> okay, but you got yeah, you got a, Susan Collins base. who's already teetering on the edge. And for and she's still she's defended the Kavanaugh vote saying, Oh no, no, he's not gonna fuck Roe v. Wade, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got the Senate in the balance. You've got, you know, you're hoping that somehow the the Democratic base is going to be depressed and you're going to drop that. And you're talking about put there's all this pushback again, not expanding the court. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure Kavanaugh would 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 do that right now. I think Roberts will try hard to talk him out of it. But why did Roberts agree to allow this case to come before the court? Unless it's some cavalier move to prove that Kavanaugh is not a nightmare. Um, and that he, they'll, they're just doing it so that we can say, we can, see, so we can relax. See, Kavanaugh's fine. He's okay. He's Go not really a rapist. It's fine, yeah. right? Like that could be a political strategy. That's, that's what really I'm thinking. Uncommon possibly, for the court. Possibly. That's not the. That's not the way the court is supposed to work, and it's not the way it really usually works. I, I agree. So, not that anything is fucking usual. So, I don't know. That would be the smart thing to do, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. And how? That move is even worse I'm just for saying, the election for Republicans because that's, that's going to depress that base. Possibly, if they don't overturn yeah. it, if they don't, if they say like, nope, it's still unconstitutional, the Republicans are going to be so fucking pissed. Maybe, but I, they're they're still so. They're great white hope, the rapist in chief, the rapist in 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 robes. Yeah, but but he's still their martyr just because of that. No matter what he does at this point, like they're they're still fighting that battle and like. You know, I, I think they're still trying to smear Blasey Ford today. I think impeachment for Democrats is overturning Roe for Republicans. I think 
when we had this blue wave and we wanted all of these Democrats in office, it was so that we could do something about this fucking nightmare of a president. And when we didn't do anything, it made Democrats really pissed. Yes. And I think if we got a Republican president, no matter who it was, even if it's Donald Trump, and we got two Supreme Court picks and we are now a 5-4 court and they roll against this, if they don't like uphold this law, that's going to make Republicans fucking crazy they're gonna not they don't they hate everybody at that point because they all this work right was to get a 5-4 court in a conservative favor Mm -hmm. specifically to overturn Roe and if the first case that's brought up even though they've already ruled on it they don't like that you're killing the base you make a pretty good point there I I honestly don't know how it's gonna go but yeah this this could be very well be a dagger right in the side not in the heart but in the side of roe v wade yep and then and then you would have a very hard time uh that would also put the onus on the democratic presidential um contenders many of whom are still holding out say no i don't want to expand the court uh namingly bernie sanders who we'll get to in a minute i'm glad bernie sanders is recovering yes um but now how do you justify saying no we're not going to expand the court right like yeah you really don't have a choice at right. this point right i mean i've been saying that for a long time remember the first time i said that and you were like nobody's gonna that's insane ah! and i was like i don't know i think we should do what? it <laughs> I, did i say that yeah you were like no way that. no way and i was like i'm saying i i, I can i'll say you they, start overturning like row and shit like no i'll say they don't want to They don't want to, but like this court is not a valid court. This court has a member who shouldn't be on it for more than one reason, but precisely because there was no confirmation hearing for Barack Obama's justice. Yes. And that invalidates this court. And so if we have to do something to change that and make it have more members, then I think we should do that. I think that there's also uh, skittishness on the part of Democrats who... No, if we're nothing, if not skittish, right? Who look ahead? Well, when they you know when there's a, a Republican president, they'll confirm seventy five judges, and we'll be screwed forever. It's like, well, we're screwed now, right? So, you right. know, and we always play this game where the it's like game. we, yeah, we yeah. have to uphold the norms, and we've right. been doing this for. We will uphold the norms regardless of how many women will be forced into motherhood and, we and will or be, back we alley will abortions. Be politically rewarded for it, and people will realize we're the grown-ups. And no, it never works. Nobody on ever the cares. backs of women and minorities. We yes. will keep our foot on their necks to uphold the norms. Yes, that's what we will do because we're the good guys. <laughs> it's bullshit. So there's that. I'm done with norms. Well, keep your eye on that. When when are they going to rule on it? Do we do we know? Oh, they're hearing it uh, in the next session, and no, I don't know when that ruling will come out. I have to look at the calendar, but mm. it should be a nightmare. I'm not hopeful. At so all. so it could be ruled on in like spring, right? Yeah. Or, wow, <laughs> right in the middle of the presidential race. I think most most rulings come out like I think there's two different times. I know a lot of them come out in June. Yeah. Um. So it'll probably be, I have to look. I'm not going to, I don't know, is what my answer is. I, I think know. they're going to try to split the baby somehow on it. Why hear it? That's my real question. Why hear it? Doesn't yeah. do anybody any good. You already ruled on it. Well, we'll There's have plenty. nothing different. We'll have plenty more to say. And uh, people will try to read the tea leaves when they make the arguments, which never works because judges like to throw chaff and, you know, misdirect. And sometimes, sometimes like... 
the nature of the, their questions and their attitudes seems to point to what they're thinking. But Usually. Then, and a lot of times, too, I think people underestimate court clerks. They have a lot of influence. They do all the legwork and they yeah. make compelling arguments that the judges that often bring back to the their fellow justices. And it's an interesting process, the court. But I'm not... I'm not looking to this with any sort of degree of hope in any way, which means that we go to it on the state level um, and really focus intensely on that, on on uh, electing pro-choice people on the state level to enact state laws that protect choice and protect women's autonomy. Yeah, absolutely. So next, uh, let's talk about Bernie. Yeah. So Bernie had a heart attack. Yep. It's uh, his... His team did actually an okay job of the the press was going crazy with it of kind of slow playing it so it wasn't like screaming headlines right away that Bernie Sanders had to leave the campaign trail with a heart attack mm-hmm. like he had a procedure and he had some chest pain and he had a stent put in and then a few days later they kind of just like like oh yeah it was a myocardial infarction anyway he he's back and he's fine and he's like whoa yeah. whoa that means heart attack right so they they finessed it I think actually as well as they could but. It's something to think about. He's what seventy eight, yeah, uh, and he had a heart attack, and he's not a spring chicken. And um, I'm sorry if this sounds ageist, but he's old. Yeah, this is Biden. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have something to offer the world. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a lot of wisdom and learned experience. And I think there's something to be learned from. And I think old people are often, you know, erased from sort of mattering. In a lot of ways, particularly women, um, just become sort of invisible after a certain age because they become unfuckable. And there's a lot to be said about ageism. And there's also a lot to be said about, you know, the the sort of um, vigor that it takes to be the president. And mm-hmm. 78 is very up there. And. Uh, well, you know what? Let's talk. And it's also like. <laughs> Not just like physically, can he do it? Because probably, but like you look at Barack Obama, right? Like he was in his forties, and in eight years he aged like twenty years. That's what the presidency does. Bernie doesn't have twenty years. You know what I mean? Like uh, even at four years, he's eighty-two running for re-election. I don't know. Let's talk about this now. Granted, there's a couple differences. uh, With one being that he's. Not the nominee or the presumptive nominee. He's running like second or third place, depending on what polls you look at. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're in impeachment land. But you compare this with with Hillary, you know, getting busy one flu. day and having the having pneumonia or the flu and everybody losing their mind over it. Mm-hmm. The media just in a feeding frenzy about it. And Bernie Sanders has a fucking heart attack and they're kind of like, eh. right. Well, he's back. It's fine. There's no sexism there at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jesus but Christ. Also, I, I just... I was listening to W. Kamau Bell talk to somebody, I can't remember who, the other day. And it was in like 2017 or 2018 and they were talking about, um, you know, presidential politics. He was talking about the, the one of the reasons that he liked Barack Obama so much as a candidate um, was he was young. Yeah. He felt like somebody that was relevant and I don't, just because you get old doesn't mean that you're not, but like just there's something about, you know, Barack Obama says he listens to Jay-Z and you're like, that's probably true. You know what I mean? Like there's something about like having someone generationally situated similarly to most of the population who's doing things mm-hmm. that seems like maybe important. And 
that hasn't been in office since the 60s, right? Like yeah. the 60s to now is a really different time and we're in a really <laughs> different world and yeah. things are really different. And like watching like the Facebook hearings and watching these old men. Just trying to understand the trying internet. Trying to understand the Forget internet Facebook. at all. Just like how do I, ads I, I work? Was reminded like, of, oh my God, I was you're reminded in charge of, of shit. Of you're in charge of things Ted and you don't Stevens understand how it works. Talking about a series of tubes. Remember that? Yes. I, it was shocking. It really they was. They were like asking Mark Zuckerberg, well, how do you make any money? How are you a multi-billion dollar company and it's free? <laughs> and you're like, literally, you don't understand the internet, and, and you you're don't in charge how of the government. Broadcast television works. Like, what the fuck is happening? It right. just is it, not that every congressman has to understand everything, but like a basic level of like understanding the world we live in. That would be like people being in charge of everything, like being in charge of aviation who didn't understand how airplanes existed. Well, right? I mean, like we bringing get, people we back from the Congress. 1800s and be like. Okay, you're in charge of the AV, the FAA now, and they're like, "What is an airplane?" Right. And you're like, "Well, I don't know, but you're in charge of it." And they're like, "But what is it?" And you're like, "It's a flying thing." And then they're just like, "Come before Congress and be like, how does it fly though?" And you're like, "All right, that is not the person to be in charge of the AVA, the FAA, right?" Yeah. Well, we can talk about Congress like. and how people get committee assignments based on you know ass kissing and everything else. But if we're talking about the fountain of youth and older candidates, let's talk about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. She's not young. <laughs> Well, oh, I do love this story so much. So our old friend Jacob Wall. Oh, my God. The guy who tried to invent the, <laughs> the uh, Robert Mueller rapist. And uh-huh. he tried to invent the Pete Buttigieg. Uh, what was it even? Oh, it was. I think it was that Pete Buttigieg raped somebody was the. Okay. Story. Right. I mean, he. Th- this is the like crazy young kid who lives in his mom's basement, but is famous and rich for some reason. That like just makes up these stories and holds these press conferences in like his basement, and in this case, yeah. on his friend's front lawn. Right. Um. He's back at. He's under also felony charges for what security Securities fraud. Securities fraud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, he decided to do one of his uh, <laughs> big press announcements that. Alleged Elizabeth Warren has been for years having a sexual, a paid sexual relationship with a hunky 24 year old Marine that mm-hmm. was also uh, BDSM in nature. Yeah. And, and she was beating him with chains. No, they got it so wrong. The guy doesn't understand BDSM in such a way that he made her the <laughs> sub. And everyone was like, look, yo, you can make up this story, but at least you got to understand her top energy. Well, then they like, changed it, right? I think so. Because everyone was because, just like, no fucking way. Because then they're like, pictures <laughs> like, look at this big scar this dude has. That yeah. was came from Elizabeth Warren hitting him with a chain. Right. And I'm like, I was already going to vote for her. Like, how much more <laughs> do you want to make me vote for her? To imagine that. And he even said, like, her and Bruce's relationship is open. And you're like, okay, so she's That's not cool. even a cheater, which right. is also not bad and good that the relationship is open and now she's like banging a 24 year old marine right like how is that bad (laughs) who doesn't who's just like oh well now i'm not gonna vote for her in the democratic primary (laughs) which women exactly are gonna be like oh well that's very terrible what what it's besides the point it's that no one is gonna believe any of this obviously And, and i i have to think that even Jacob Wall understands that at this point. That like he's completely unreliable like, and no one believes him. But there's got to be money in this somewhere. Like why do this if it's not like profitable in some degree, right? Well, I was explaining this to a friend of ours who had never heard of Jacob Wall and they brought up a really interesting point which is like 
who is covering this? Like, who cares about this guy who's just like, he just, why does anybody care about this motherfucker who like just makes shit up? And like, why is this in the media? Like, who is covering this? And I'm like, I had a really hard time explaining. I was like, I don't know. I think like right wing conspiracy theorists sort of glom onto it. Mm-hmm. But like when he holds these fake press conferences, like nobody goes. So it was an interesting question that they brought up and I didn't, yeah, I didn't where, have an answer. Why is this in the media? We don't really know. I don't know. It's a good answer because mm-hmm. I don't but it is yeah so then Elizabeth Warren responded sort of <laughs> in her most Did lovely she? way some very smart staffer I'm sure explained to her what a cougar is because at his press conference <laughs> oh, he had uh, a sign knows. out front she knows what a cougar is come on and it said Elizabeth Warren cougar question mark and like I guess tourists were walking by taking pictures with it mm-hmm. because it's awesome um so she responded by saying um where did she go to school? University of Indiana, right? Somewhere? Warren? Yeah. Oh, I don't know where she did her undergrad. I know she graduated from Harvard. Right. Well, wherever she did her undergrad, the um, mascot is a cougar. And um, so she was talking about just, I don't know, there was like some football game. Anymore. I'd have to look up the tweet. It doesn't matter. Anyway, she posted this tweet that was hilarious about like this undergrad college and like this football game and like go Cougars. <laughs> and that's all she said about it, right? She's not going to fucking respond to that shit. Right, right. I also got questions from people at work that were like, why isn't she saying anything? And I'm like, she's not going to say anything. What is, what is she going to say? <laughs> Nobody's taking it seriously, so right. she doesn't have to say anything. But I thought it was funny to be snarky about it. All right. Speaking of right-wing trolls, so uh, AOC was speaking at some sort of climate forum. Okay. And this person uh, stood up and said, like they were doing questions or comments from the audience. Sure. And this person stood up and said, I'm so concerned about climate change. Now we, we should start eating our babies or eating the babies. And it's just like heard? a Jonathan Swift parody or what? <laughs> right, right. Uh, reasonable, uh, what's reasonable it called? Uh, proposal or something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. Something like that. And, and so AOC she realizes either, okay, this is either a crazy person or troll. So she just kind of stares <laughs> like she just kind of stares at this person and is like, okay, moving on. Um, and right. then the, the right wing jumped on it and said, you see these crazy climate people want to eat the babies. And it turns out that it was a right wing troll from some right wing group to, to try to do a, a setup. And I don't know if they were expecting, well, was she supposed, they were expecting her to be like, you're right. You should <laughs> That's eat a good babies. idea. <laughs> a decent, what is it? There's a modest a, proposal. A modest proposal. By Jonathan Swift. Which was a parody by Jonathan Swift way, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, About to solve hunger, we should eat well, children. Well, it was during or... the Irish famine. Yes. And he was talking about how it's a, a, a modest proposal would be that we eat our children. Right. Which was a, a social commentary on how little the government was doing to prevent literal starvation. Right. Um, and again, back then was taken as look at this crazy left winger who wants mm-hmm. the government to do something and, and, and he wants to eat babies cause he's so extreme about this idea that people shouldn't starve to death. Um, so it's an interesting thing that they did. I don't know that they understand their own history there. Um, no, but I did see that. I didn't read the article, but I did see that they were like, Oh, the weird person turned out to be a right wing person. And you're like, yes. well, of course, because actually people and on like, our side don't want to eat babies. Donald so. Trump Jr. Jumped on it, but God, they're getting so dumb with this stuff. Like this is just, well, such... I just, I think it's such a like interesting, 
into the mind of who they think we actually are. That right. they actually believe that we would think that's reasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. they're like, this will get them because we'll just say yeah. the thing they've been thinking all along out loud. And you're like, if you think that we were thinking we should eat children this whole time, like we're so far apart that like, I don't know what you or think that, I or am. That but Elizabeth like, Warren has a 24 year old lover in a, in a, and then that would lose her the primary. That's not. <laughs> or weaken her for the general, or make people just make it a big scandal. But I, like. And they trot this guy out. Oh yeah, yeah. This guy came, and it turns out, like on his Instagram, he showed out he actually got the scar, which is even dumber. And then people looked into it, and he's not a marine. He never was in the military. <laughs> oh, he's not even a marine. No. Okay. And then he said that he hallucinated it because of how um, traumatized he was from the sex he had with Liz Warren. Wait, he hallucinated being a Marine? Yeah, because, in oh. his time in Afghanistan because of his trauma from the sex with Elizabeth Warren. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Liz. I know. Like, she's <laughs> such a fucking badass. I'm probably too old for her, but... I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just... And it's it's upsetting and insulting and and to everybody. Every group implicated. Well, it, it almost feels like an in-joke at this point, right? Like, it's like Andy Kaufman, like... Right. You know... Like just maybe he, he's actually a comedian, and right? This is like weird underground comedy. And totally is what it himself. feels like, right? Except for the actual securities fraud stuff, right? <laughs> like, oh, I meant the marine. Like maybe he's in on it, but anyway. oh no, the marine is just some poor schmuck who got wants, paid, who needs a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's just like ruined his life effectively because he'll uh, always be the guy that made up the thing about Elizabeth if, Warren. If you so. had much of a life before you desperately needed money to do this. Yeah, it's like, sad. I hate Jacob Wool. They it's actually had somebody lined theory. up to do to claim that she was raped by Robert Mueller and then she checked out. Well, they out. claimed they did. I don't think that woman ever existed. They said that she existed, but no one's ever said I was like, no, but I don't oh, think I'm, she I'm ever sure existed. I'm sure they found somebody on Craigslist, you know, answered an ad and said, sure, I'll take 500 bucks. And then probably when she realized what was actually going on, she's like, no fucking way. Right. Out. But no, I don't think any but this guy, actual like, woman like was like, yes, I'll say that. Nobody's going to do it's that. It's like this guy's like, oh, this is just some presidential candidate. It's just a lady, too. Right. You know? I don't follow politics. Yeah. It's not former FBI director. I'm sure right. it'll be fine. Right. Maybe that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he's garbage. I really wish we would stop talking about his stunts. This one was kind of just so funny that like... It really was funny. I'm glad that um, she was in such good spirits about it too. Like she yeah. didn't come out and be like, well, that's absolutely not like, no. I'm so angry and like... How dare you? No, that just gives it any more air. Right, people no were saying fuel. she should have dropped flyers about it at her own rallies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What will he think of next? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that if we hear about the whistleblower, then he'll probably go after the whistleblower. Or, oh, Adam Schiff. We'll do Adam Schiff next. Oh, yeah, for Adam sure. Adam Schiff will have had a gay relationship yep. with, I don't know, maybe Schiff's Catholic or something. Maybe it'll be an altar boy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's where we are. That's um, where we are. Yeah. I'm still a real big fan of Liz Warren. Me too. This doesn't make me less of a fan of this. <laughs> I would. Even, like, <laughs> even, if, it's true. even if it Imagine was true, it's true I'm would, like, would, awesome. we be, would we be less inclined no, to like her? No, I would her? be more inclined to like yeah. her. <laughs> um, no, I think she's doing really good things. I, I'm glad Bernie's doing better. Um, but it, doesn't this effectively end his campaign? I mean, maybe I it doesn't. It I don't know. But I think 
him and Joe Biden should already not be running. So that's my well. Opinion. Let's let's let, let's end the last couple minutes talking about Biden because there really isn't very much focus on him and his response to all this. And his so Elizabeth Warren fucking whooped ass at fundraising against him this quarter. Yes, yeah, she did. She raised just a little bit less than Bernie and a whole lot more than Biden. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, Biden, I, I read this thing this morning. That said, Biden's doing a terrible job uh, reacting to this, and this is going to doom him. And I don't really notice that, but I haven't really noticed much of anything. Reacting I, I, to what? To, to the whole, to everything, to all the allegations about him and his son. Oh, oh, I haven't heard much from him about it. Have you? No, and that's what that's what I was going to say. Like I haven't heard much either way. Um, but he's going to have to address it at some point. Maybe. I mean, I don't. Th- I. At this point, given the impeachment hearings and given the text, I would just wait. If I were on his campaign staff, I would encourage him to just sit tight and not say anything for a minute because anything he said is going to add fuel to it. Yeah, and just let it all take, unravel. Take and... attention away from Trump and impeachment. Mm-hmm. So I think I would just be like, let's not address it. It's obviously not true anyway. I yeah. don't think you need to defend it until, you know, until and an, an if and when you know, it comes up in a meaningful way. But right now, him talking about it just leads away from Trump and right. puts focus on him. And I don't right. think we need to do that if I'm him. Right. Or just generally, as a person who wants Trump to be impeached, I yeah. don't think Joe Biden should say anything. I think okay. he should keep his mouth shut. Well, that's going to do it for us. Yep. Um, we'll be back next week, and who knows what developments will have happened. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. Go Canes. S- stay, stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. Add a Reverend Duo on Twitter. Adios.